fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Cates. And again, I'm today by myself. Chris actually just got back from Wyoming this morning. It is Saturday, October 17th at 3 a.m. He had a a successful pronghorn hunt. So we're going to be breaking that down hopefully this week. Um, So we'll be bringing that to you as well as my recent Cumberland fishing trip that resulted in my father's largest striper ever caught, uh, 40 pounds, and my largest rainbow ever caught, uh, that was 8 pounds. And we have some really great stuff coming to you guys when we actually sit down, both of us together. But again, for me, it's just me this week, so we'll get at it. Uh, First things first, uh, this month is really, really starting to heat up. So I wanted to start today by kind of talking about buck movement, talking about deer movement in general. We are at the end of October. By the time this comes out, it will be uh, October 18th, and you are heading into quite possibly the best 30 days of deer hunting possible from the time that this podcast releases to almost Thanksgiving. So Let's kind of dig into it. If you are living in the Midwest, you notice that there is a large cold front that just pushed through, and this should get those big deer up and moving. Now, the cold front actually pushed through on October 16th, which was last night prior to when I was recording this. I am actually going out tonight to hunt. It is Kentucky's muzzleloader season. However, the farm that I hunt does not allow muzzleloading, so I will still be doing um, a type of archery. I'm going to be using a crossbow because I've got a deal that I made with myself that this property is good. I respect the landowner's wishes, and I don't fire a gun on there, but I will use a crossbow during gun season to give me that extra 10 yards that I'm not necessarily always confident with uh, my you know, compound with. So to get into that, deer are hammering acorns. Uh, If you are able to on public land, find an acorn grove, uh, oaks, white oaks especially, not red oaks just yet. We'll get into that here in a little bit. White oaks are dropping. It sounds like rain when you're walking through the woods right now uh, or that you're stepping on marbles. Um, because there's so many acorns down on the ground in Ohio and Kentucky this year. It is a very, very, very good mast crop. So if you are planning on heading out, find those oak areas and get on them because those deer will be coming in and out of there fairly frequently. If you're not a food site hunter and you want to get a transition area, they're real good now too. Uh, Going to and from bedding to food areas. This is a... a good time to try to be a little bit of aggressive, a little bit aggressive on areas that you might have a good shot at killing a deer, uh, one of your target bucks. Um, but if you are not wanting to hunt your target buck, but you're still wanting to get a uh, good deer on public land or something like that, find bedding areas and get as close to them as you can without bumping those deer out. Wind right now is going to be key in helping you put down a deer that you really want to put down. So 
that all being said, um, I'm actually, like I said, going out tonight because I have had my four bucks that I've been watching all year, well, since mid-August at least, uh, are coming into my area pretty regularly right around dark. I went and you know, looked at the area yesterday, changed out my cards, and what I found was uh, lots of rubs on trees. Um, really starting to see rub lines on the property, at least that I'm hunting. They are really marking it up pretty, pretty good in terms of that kind of stuff. I haven't seen ground scrapes on the property that I've been hunting, but I will say this, I'm starting to see like what look to be like the starts of them near some licking branches and that kind of stuff. So bucks are starting to get really kind of frisky. I've got two of my largest ones fighting on camera, pushing each other. But the important part of all this is, is that the biggest buck that I have on my camera is coming in regularly now, which means a couple different things. One, he is exacerbated his <laughs> his acorn area and is just transitioning through the corridor that I hunt more regularly coming into the food that I have set out or he is uh, just starting to bully the other bucks he is running deer off of the food area that I have regularly you know he is he's coming in pushing people around we call him strong hand he is a big bodied buck he has got a really unique rack and I really, really hope that I get an opportunity just to see him in person. If, even if I can't get a shot at him, I just would love to see that deer, you know, in the flesh in front of me. So fingers crossed tonight that uh, I get an opportunity at him and that I'll be sharing that story with you guys in the very near future. Because I am I'm super pumped that it is getting to be late October when the bucks start getting really, really frisky. So that being said as well, one of the things that I like to kind of look at in terms of buck movement and deer reports is throughout this next week, if you are living um, in the you know Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, West Virginia area, your temperatures are really going to be starting to bottom out. Um, nothing severe, but by midweek next week, your highs are only going to be in the 50s and your lows are going to be in the, you know, upper 30s um really lower 40s and wind is gonna be good i mean you're looking at like southwest winds south winds that kind of stuff at least in the area that i'm at you know reality being for a lot of you guys and gals out there is that this is you know next weekend may be one of the best times to get out and get that buck i know personally my favorite time to hunt is the last full week of October. I think I've told you guys this before. I just feel that those bucks are really starting to get up and move around a lot more. They're really starting to hammer areas and fatten up before the rut. And they're getting ready to chase the does all over the place in those coming weeks. You know, you get a hot doe on a different property though in November and those bucks that you've been chasing may be gone. Uh, I know that, at least for me, I have had very big deer just up and vanish because 
someone's property had one a doe that came into you know estrus early and those deer were gone but i really hope that tonight's the night and i'll be sharing more information with you guys and gals in the uh you know immediate future with you know a good story about a deer that i've taken that i've watched and you know really would be i believe would be the largest deer that i've ever taken um it would be pretty impressive so that being said um there's a couple things that we can do in order to help ourselves out in making sure that we're in our best positions possible so as you go into the woods make sure all your stuff is in your pack before you even go you know make sure that you have everything strapped and taken in if you're taking camera equipment in to film your hunts or take pictures or anything like that make sure it's secured in your bag and so you can get it up there you can get the good footage that you want if not that make sure that you have all your calls if you like to have a grunt tube if you like to have rattling antlers make sure it's all in your pack the day before you want to go there's nothing worse than getting up in your stand and realizing you've forgotten stuff um, make sure releases are with your bow make sure everything you have is ready and raring to go it is one of the worst feelings to think that you might be in one of the best times of year and you might not have the opportunity that you've worked so hard to you know develop for yourself during that time so be be careful and be prepared uh two of the biggest things that we can talk about and that we always talk about during these times when we're um you know wanting people to do well next thing that we wanted to kind of get, make you guys aware of is that um Kentucky Fish and Wildlife and I know I'm talking a lot about Kentucky but I live here and it's important because this is something that affects all of us uh this next thing Kentucky Fish and Wildlife is setting up deer sample collection stations and you can help the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife monitor the health of the deer herd in the state by um, going to one of these stations essentially what it is it's a freezer that this that the state has set up to help monitor and they can test for chronic wasting disease CWD not EHD CWD um, if you would like more information about this, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife has a little uh, announcement on their news feed at the bottom of their page, fw.ky.gov. If you go down to the bottom, there's a thing that says news, and it has a, it's a yellow banner, and it has a QR code that you can actually scan, and it'll give you more information about CWD if you want to know more about it. I feel like it's been in the news a lot. Um, I know a lot of conservation groups talk about it. We talk about it. And it's been a lot. It's been on everyone's mind. I know with Kentucky, we, I believe every state surrounding Kentucky has a confirmed case, um, but Kentucky does not. However, we know that it's kind of a matter of time before one wanders in across the border from Tennessee or Virginia or West Virginia or, you know, comes across the Ohio somehow, some way, or, you know, across the Mississippi over on the western side of the state. You know, this is something that we don't want to get into our herd here. So if you have the ability to do it, go there and um, look at the page. Make sure that you are... Uh, understanding the information 
they're not telling you anymore that you've got to give them the whole brain and head. I believe um, they actually just want you um, to remove the antlers and preserve the head with at least four inches of the neck attached. Then you place the head in the garbage bag and the seal and seal with an open-ended knot. The garbage bags are available at each one of the locations. You fill out the tag and you must provide your name, phone number, email address, telecheck confirmation number, county of harvest, and indicate whether the deer was male or female and if the deer was harvested on public land. Uh, the top portion of the tag should be attached to the garbage bag. Zip ties are provided and place the bag uh, sample into the freezer. Step-by-step -step instructions will be posted at each location. This collecting of um, samples is critical to make sure that we maintain the um, deer herd and not only the deer herd we also have elk in our state and you know states spend a lot of money managing big game this is our way of being able to help them out and manage these things as well so all the location details are available um, if you go to the chronic wasting disease page on um, fw.ky.gov there are several, uh, there's one, I mean, there's basically one in every section of the state. There's um, one at uh, Curtis Gates Lloyd's office in Grant County, the USDA Service Office in Woodford County, uh, the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources at in Franklin County, um, two near Green River region of uh, Gamaliel, Shooting Supply in Monroe County, Yellow Bank, WMA, in Breckenridge County, um, at the Leslie County and Wolf County Extension offices, the Parkway Monument in Knox County, McGoffin County uh, Maintenance Garage, the Clarks River National Wildlife Refuge, Land Between the Lakes office in Trigg County, and the Casey Fire Department in Fulton County. Now, I know that people are probably rolling their eyes like, Rick, why you continue to go over this? Because it's important. Um, we want to be able to have deer that we can you know have healthy herds this is something that affects all hunters and fishermen really because you don't want nasty dead wildlife rotting on your riverbanks you don't want this getting into the soil any more than it already is this isn't something like ehd that comes through and kills like uh part of the herd every year this is something that once it's in there it's in there and then you've got to figure out um, whether or not your herd's going to be safe anymore or not. So be aware, be prepared, and be informed. You know, those are really important things moving forward for hunters. The other thing that I was going to talk about with regards to um, Kentucky is the Fish and Wildlife um, is actually offering a virtual hunter education. So if you know somebody who's looking to get into hunting, the whole course is online right now due to COVID. Uh, you have to register for a virtual range day, then create a video as outlined on the department's website to complete the second part of it. But in terms of the online course, the classroom portion, it is completely available online. So I really encourage anybody who's um, really wanting to you know, get out there and try. This is a super easy way. You, If someone says, I've always thought about hunting, you can say, well, you don't even need to go to a place right now. You can do this in the comfort of your own home. So if you go to fw.ky.gov slash hunter ed, you'll have the ability to take the entire course 
online with the exception of the range day. That's got to be done virtually and they show you how to make a video and do things like that. So that all being said, with the deer moving, with uh, weather patterns changing, as stated la uh, two weeks ago now, because we didn't put out a podcast last week, the deer are moving. They're going to be moving over the roads. They're going to be moving through the woods. You just have to get out there and put yourself in the best position possible. Now, one other thing I wanted to kind of touch on is um, guys coming back from out west. This is another thing just to be aware of. Um, Chris just came back from a pronghorn hunt and a successful one with Matt. And a lot of guys go out west and they bring their animals back. Please, 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 please make sure that you follow all the rules and regs when you go out there and you're bringing your meat back home. Too often there are people who disobey those rules and that's how these things can spread. CWD, things like that. They expect deboned meat. Um, I know in Kentucky, I uh, hunt in Ohio every year, and I have to make sure all the meat is completely deboned. I can't bring the mount back. I can't bring the uh, skull back over. It has to be, you know, debrained, spinal cord gone, all that kind of stuff before I can even transport it across the river. So, um, make sure you're following all rules suggest uh, suggested by. Uh, the state that you're going to hunt and the state you live in. You know, nobody wants you guys to get into trouble or anything along those lines. Now, for Ohio, I actually just went and set tree stands up there. And I can say this, um, the place I'm hunting, one, was absolutely stunning with all the autumn foliage out on full display. The hills looked, looked, looked like they were on fire uh, with all the red, yellow, um, you know, in orange colors that were going on with the trees. So what we did notice when we were up there versus where I'm at down here is that the mast crop was so was was much bigger than uh, than it is down here. Down here you find, you know, tree, tree, everyone's while this is there's big, you know, oak groves where we where we hunt at. But ground scrapes were opening up um farther up. I mean this is I mean, realistically, uh, four hours from my house where I sit right now. And ground scrapes had started to open up. These deer are really starting to get ruddy in that area, which was really, really great to see. There's actually a really nice buck that is in the area of where my stand is, and I'm really hopeful that I'll get a good shot at him. Um, I'm right uh, about of a third of the way up on a ridge, and... I, use, I actually forego my first uh, rifle weekend in Kentucky to go and hunt Ohio because I like doing it so much. Um, like I've said, I'm a dirty out-of-state hunter, and I will make no apologies for it. I love going and hunting Ohio. I love um, any opportunity that I get to go up there. It's my home state. I'm a transplant here in the bluegrass, so I've had to make things work down here versus how I know things work up there. So it, it should be a real interesting next you know, two to four weeks. If you can get out, you have to. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I was actually talking with uh, some of our film team today about the fact that I would love to hang out and podcast and do all that kind of stuff more, but I'm getting my honey-do lists out of the way uh, this weekend so I can have <laughs> my uh, deer hunting time. And it's important to make sure 
um, guys that you are getting the stuff done that you need to get done so you're not um, you know doing something you don't want to be doing during crunch time not that you might not that there's anything wrong with doing any work or anything like that around the house but I know for me I like to make sure that I've got all my T's crossed all my I's dotted before I go and I leave the house to go hunt because it makes it that much easier on my wife and me when I come back home if I've got one or I don't you know being a good uh, partner or spouse or whatever is part of being a good hunter too you want to make sure you get days in the field you better be making sure that you are doing the right things to help out around the house and carrying your weight you might be going out to you know go grocery shopping to say but at the same time if you got kids remember they factor into that whole situation too because they add a whole nother layer as we all know into being able to get out in the woods so all that being said I am very, very, very excited to be able in the coming weeks to be able to break down these hunts, talk about deer movement, talk about the rut, talk about all these cool things that we have going on in the Midwest right now. And, you know, I feel so energized when I am out in the woods because it's just, you know, it's just that time of year. I don't know how to explain it. Like you walk out in the morning and it's cold and you're just like, oh, the deer are going to be moving and they're going to be moving towards where I want them to. If you've put in the work, this is the time of year that you have hoped for. This is like, you know, playoff baseball's on right now. This is like heading into the World Series. Everything that you've done is to get you to this point. Now all you have to do is finish the job and you will come home heavy. I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. On a side note, I mentioned a few weeks ago that September in Kentucky is quota hunt month. I in fact got drawn for Sand Hill Crane quota tags. I got two of them. I'm really pumped about this because I got drawn for three a few years back and I could not go. I am going to make a very big effort to get down to the southern part of the state and try to hunt the ribeye of the sky. If anybody can reach out to me and give me any pointers, because I have no idea what to do other than I'm going to go sit in a field somewhere with, um, you know, waterfowl equipment essentially and wait for one of these suckers to fly over. I'm allowed my two in one day. So I, I'm really hopeful. The issue is is that I don't really know what the flyaways are for these guys in the state of Kentucky. So if you want to write the Elite Outdoors One at gmail.com, that is the T H E Elite E L I T E Outdoors O U T D O O R S one, the number one, at gmail.com and give us some hints or a heads up on any information regarding these things in the state of Kentucky, I'd be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Or if you have land that you would like for us to come and hunt on um, to try to get some, I would be happy to do that as well. Because as of right now, I'm trying to find public land and it is looking to be a struggle hunt already. But, you know, that's part of the cool thing about drawing a new tag is that you got to figure it out and I am really excited to try to figure this one out with my friends 
with the community that is of hunters in the state of Kentucky and around the United States. So if you have any information or you know of anybody that you can put me in contact with, please do. I'd be ever so grateful. Well, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. I've been your host, Rick Cates, and I hope to talk to you soon. And I know we will be talking about big bucks, pronghorn, and many other cool things in the weeks to come. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.